the Brand Herald podcast, where leaders explore how great brands are built. Join Landon Wade, owner of Goodson Clothing and Supply Company, as he interviews business leaders and marketing experts to learn about the successes and failures of building great brands. One last thing, the views and opinions shared by our guests do not necessarily reflect our own. Enjoy the show. All right, we're live and I want to thank everybody for listening to another episode of the Brand Herald podcast. I'm Landon Wade, the owner of Goodson Clothing and Supply. And uh, I have with me Eric Monks, the president of PayForwards. You got to make sure I said that right. Is that the way to say you it? got it. Yep. You yep. nailed it. All right. So right out of the gate, I'm going to give them the web address, payfwds.com, if anybody wants to check it out ahead of time. But first and foremost, Eric, thanks for being here. No, I appreciate you having me, Lane. I know that we've known, kind of known each other for a while. We haven't spent a lot of time together. We were talking when we first reconnected recently about, and I, and I'm I'm getting to the age now where like, Five and six and seven years don't seem like <laughs> as long as they did when I was younger. But I think it was I think it was a handful of years ago when we met and it was Greg Nielsen, I think at the time, who was the CEO of the Center for Nonprofit Excellence. Yep. Asked me who he was a neighbor of mine at the time. Actually, what's funny is Greg has now moved into the same neighborhood again. So we lived in Brownsboro Glen for a long time together. We now both live out in Oldham County in the same neighborhood. But I think he had invited me to play in a golf outing and invited you at the same time. That's how we met. Am I remember that right? No, I, I think it is. I think that was the first time. We met. And, I, and I was telling somebody this the other day. I was like, you know, we met a few years ago and then I started to think it back and it would have been in my previous company. And so it would have been at least probably seven, That's right. eight years ago. Yeah. So time, time moves pretty time quick. Flies. Well, and I remember if I remember at the time you had a young, young son, you know, that was your first yep. and, and you had either just had him or he wasn't very old at the time. I remember that, right? Yep. He, he was, uh, he was not very old at the time. I think we had probably just had my daughter. So she just turned 10. So, okay. so she was probably pretty, pretty fresh at that point. Yeah. Well, we're segueing into it. So I'll just let you do it. Um, tell me just, let's start for everyone to get to know you again. The purpose of these episodes, just for folks listening is we're really just exploring the concept of branding. And it's funny, Eric and I have had some conversations, um, offline about this. Um, I think he's even using, um, one of the same resources that we use for some of our marketing, um, which he'll talk about in a second. But, you know, the, I guess one of the, the the premise for this for me is I feel like branding is a is just such a hard to understand topic. It's a topic that I think if you ask 10 people to define it, you get 10 different answers. I think a lot of people have brands they like. They really don't know why. They have brands they don't like. They maybe don't know why. And so, you know, for companies like mine and Eric's and others, it's there's a lot of buzz phrases that get thrown around in business a lot. And what we're trying to do is have conversation after conversation with people who have successful businesses and are trying to do that, do just that building brands. Um, and so we'll, we'll get into more of that, but before we get there, Eric, just tell everybody a little bit about you, the person and, uh, you know, where you grew up, where you're from, et cetera. Yeah, no. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm from Louisville, grew up here, uh, really been here my whole life. Um, you know, even went to, I went to college at Bellarmine, uh, so I stayed local throughout that time. And then uh, I took my first position here in Louisville, uh, spent about 10 or 11 years in the merchant services payments industry, traveled a lot during that time, but never relocated. Uh, and then really got into the the payroll and HRS space uh, about nine years ago. Uh, so I can't believe it's been that long, but um, I've got two young kids, um, been married for about 17 years now. So I've got a, so that son that was fairly young at that time actually just entered his freshman year of high school. 
Uh, so if that tells you anything, yeah. uh, and so he's, he just turned 14 and then I've got a 10 year old daughter as well. Um, so spend a lot of my free time just watching them play sports, uh, staying pretty active in their schools. Uh, and then the rest of the time's really here at the business. So tell me about Bellarmine a little bit. Obviously, you know, people from around here are familiar with Bellarmine. People listening to this maybe that aren't from around here may not know Bellarmine, but really cool little, little place to go to school. And I'm, I'm curious, are you, you know, pretty strong feeling alumni. Just tell, let's just take a little bit, give, give Bellarmine a plug. Uh, so I, so I, I loved it there. It was, uh, you know, when I started there, I think it was actually the first year transition from a college to a university and they really started on the growth path that, that really it's a, it's almost a different place, uh, these days whenever I ride by over there. Um, not as strong in the alumni as, as I'd like to be, but I still follow the school. We go to a lot of basketball games yeah. over there uh attend what we can but i, I thought it was a, a great place and for me it was a it's a beautiful a good spot there. to stay I mean, that's the thing. oh it's yeah great yeah. facility didn't they just did they just go to a different division in basketball or something they did like so they D1 just or yep they just moved up to d1 uh and i didn't realize it either my kids play a lot of soccer but they they're they're d1 in soccer so they've got a pretty big soccer program over there too um so yeah the, the campus over there is really just growing leaps and bounds uh, since I attended. Is it like liberal arts? Is it sort of like the teach you to learn kind of thing? Yeah, like, it is. And it's, it's a, uh, you know, I don't know how the class sizes are now, but when I was there, that's why I wanted to go there versus, uh, you know, attending Louisville or Kentucky or somewhere bigger like that. But the class sizes were small, you know, and I felt more comfortable in that. I came from a smaller high school. Um, so it was, it was a good way for me to learn. Where'd you go to high school? Uh, DeSales High School. Everybody cares about that. Yeah, that's, that's the number one question here in Louisville. <laughs> yeah. Get a lot of Trinity and uh, a lot of St. X guys. Yeah, that's what. So we were the uh, we were the smaller boys Catholic school. Uh, so we're about a, a quarter of the size of St. X. Uh, but yeah, we were on the smaller end of that. So not as much name recognition. So tell me how, give me a little bit of that because you leave Bellarmine. How'd you find your first job? What was that like? Uh, so I... Uh, be honest with you, I had no clue what I wanted to do. Um, got can a, identify with that. <laughs> got got a degree in business. Uh, ended up also majoring in economics just because it was kind of an interest of mine. Uh, but didn't know what I wanted to do when I got out, so I started looking for jobs. Ended up having somebody contact me that was a family friend had a sales position available, uh, and that was right when, believe it or not, this will really I guess age me a little bit. But credit card payments weren't weren't that big at that point. Fast food restaurants, restaurants weren't taking credit cards. Uh, so I was kind of selling into that space. And, uh, and I remember, you know, Yum Brands was really our number one client. We were out there selling all the franchises, getting them set up for accepting payments. And then you kind of, so I see, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm looking at your LinkedIn profile. So I'm just curious because yep. I do think this would be curious to people. So then you went to Zermed for a little while, right? This looks like yeah. in here it says 2013 to 2015. Yeah, so that was a that was a brief stint. Uh, so when I was in the payments industry, we went from I'd say a semi small company uh, to just really a you know a large large national company. Went through a couple rounds of acquisitions, uh, being acquired, acquiring companies. Uh, I was ready to get back into something different. Had a couple um, I'd say business mates that I grew up with in the payments industry. It went over to Zermed and kind of pulled me over there. Um, but I, which but I it's kind of connected out. because they're their revenue cycle in healthcare, basically, right? Like it's they are, yeah. That was that was my thought process. Yep, yep. I thought it was the yeah. same type of uh, you know, ref cycle, continuous payments, things like that. So it wasn't that different. Uh, and they had a payments arm too, so it was a little, little bit of familiarity to me. So I won't mention the next one, but um, 
But then I will talk about so so pay pay for looks like you've been there for about five years. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. So we so we did kind of break that off from the the previous company. So we um, five years ago in June this past June. Gotcha. So we'll transition to talking about the company and the industry. So like um, maybe just we'll start working down the funnel. Just tell tell folks like. Uh, Give them kind of the pitch, I guess, for lack of a better way to say it. And then we'll start working down maybe into more detail. Like, what is the company? What does it, you know, what does it do? What's the value that you guys try to bring? Yes, I think uh, the part I don't like about this is the easiest way for me to say outside of saying, you know, we're a payroll and HRS, which is HR technology company. Um, You know, it's kind of always who do we compete with? And it's easier to name recognize a little bit of paychecks or ADP. But we're really, I mean, we're a small business in a big space. Uh, so we're competing against those national companies, um, outsourcing payroll, outsourcing HR technology, and then, you know, really partnering with some, some companies here to even do some, some HR outsourcing packages here as well. So, you know, I'm, it's funny because I know you and I have talked about it. We're, we're kind of in the same boat, like, um, you know, in a pretty competitive space. I mean, people say our space is pretty commoditized a lot of time. I'm sure that that could be something that people say about some of the service business you know, side that you're in. But I'm curious, like when I go out and I, I just struggle when I talk to people when they're like, what do you do? And it's like, well, what I really want to say is, you know, something about the value that we bring in terms of like, well, we help you pick better items or we, you know, whatever. But even some of that stuff, I feel like sometimes gets an eye roll. So it's always challenging because you're like, what I actually do when I say it just sounds like something that no one is going to be. They're just like, oh, you're just like all these things. Yep. Do you find that too? It's just like, it's hard to encapsulate like, you know, sort of like the data points of what you do versus like what we actually do. No, I, I definitely find it. And that's why, and I know we'll, you know, I'm sure we'll get into this, but while we're kind of trying to refresh that brand a little bit, cause I've just find it, I find it really hard to tell our story about what we're doing uh, versus just putting us in a bucket with 10 other companies, you know, and then, then the question always becomes, well, what makes you different? Uh, but there's really right. a number of things in that. Uh, but it is, it's a very competitive space. Uh, I do think it's hard to kind of explain the value we bring, I guess, is the, the hardest part of that. Not necessarily what we do, uh, but what we do to make ourselves better, you know, than the competitors out there. I think I just find like most people, and I'm like this too. I think I think all of us are like this, where we tend to understand things by associating it with things we already understand, you know, um, probably nothing earth shattering in saying that, but like, so my point is to make it more practical is if someone comes to me and says, well, what do you do? And I'm like, I start telling them, well, we help company. And, you know, it's like we say things like we help companies and better engage their employees and customers through using promotional products and branded clothing or something along those lines. And it's like, oh, so you do swag or, oh, so you do, you know, trash and trinkets, I hear or you, <laughs> you do whatever. I mean, I used to hate the word swag, but what I realized is that people understand what it means almost it's almost ubiquitous at this point like they kind of understand what it means so i sort of just lean on it so that it's just an easier way to get people to at least a basic understanding but um it is it's you know i think what what we find is that people have a perception of companies they've either worked with companies like ours in the past or they knew somebody who was in the space and our space in particular is so crowded i mean theoretically you know I can't even adequately describe how broad the base is, meaning, you know, just what people can get an embroidery machine or a heat press in their basement and they can do it maybe for baseball teams only. And 
on part-time on weekends and then they're considered it's a little bit like being in the lawn care business guy guy buys a lawnmower and a truck and he's in you know he's a lawn care company well he is is he the same as you know one of the large lawn care providers not even close you know but you get that and what it does is it creates what i would call mental noise for people where they're just like they're just trying to figure out what you are and really i think what most of us are doing is we've got a bunch of problems we're trying to solve all the time and when we're encountering that stuff, you know, other companies or whatever we're going, I'm trying to figure out what you are, but only for the purpose of, is there a problem that I've got that maybe you could solve, essentially? No, and, and I find it the same way. I think one of the challenges that that we face, uh, or I face in my space, at least in my opinion, is that companies of different sizes or different, you know, internal workings uh, really face different challenges. So they kind of, you know, they have a, a thought about what we're doing for them, which may be a totally different thought than what we're doing for a different company in a different space and how we operate in the HR space versus the finance space versus the workforce management space. And so I think you get a lot of preconceived notions out there. And then it's kind of trying to start to, you know, uncover, well, yes, we do that, but here's what else we may be able to bring to the table. Or I like to really try to turn around and understand what the businesses are, how they're operating. And then we can start to figure out, okay, here's how we fit into to what you're doing. Here's how we may be able to bring that value. I think I think that's that's interesting because and I think that's probably where you and I are similar in in me just personally being you know like when I sit down with people with other businesses a lot of times there will be a point in the conversation where they're like you know they're kind of curious why I'm asking all the questions that I'm asking or the the depth of questions or just trying to even understand like their process for onboarding a client or you know those kind of things because that's just kind of how I'm wired I think it's how you're wired and and the idea is like we're not you know and I'm not out to sell anybody anything necessarily I'm a, as much as I'm out to go find people who have who want to maybe execute better on the branded clothing and promotional materials that they give as they engage with customers employees and try to figure out a way to do it better and it sounds like you're kind of the same it's like you know yeah we're in this big space I'm curious really quick while I'm while I'm it's on my mind how many give people an idea of just your size like how many people are you how many locations yeah, so I mean, we we work with probably um, five hundred to five hundred and fifty different, I would say, entities. Those entities may have multiple, you know, companies underneath their umbrella, uh, but really, you know, all sizes. Any anybody from one employee up to you know thousands of employees. Uh, we really kind of have multiple systems that we work off of in order to make sure we've got a good solution for companies of all shapes and sizes. You know, 85% of that business is really probably here, I would say, regionally, uh, but we are operating filing taxes for clients in about 46 different states. So let's like, let's kind of work down. I mean, you mentioned that you guys obviously do the the payroll type stuff, but you you also talked about some of the outsourced HR. Maybe we can start working down some of those kind of things. And then I would like to kind of start hitting on where you're, what you're doing now different or what maybe you discovered through it. I think it's Andy that you guys have worked with yep. a little bit, right? Andy over talk about. So what that, yeah, what what the process has looked at it in turn looked like in terms of what how's the branding moving? What's the messaging moving to right now? Yeah, so th- I think the the challenge I've always had with our branding is telling the story that that we've got a technology offering and a product offering that can compete with the largest companies in our space, but we're going to bring it to you in a much more personal manner. Um, and that, that seems a little bit generic, but I think there's kind of layers there. I think what Andy's, Andy's done a great job is kind of uncovering something. I was always, um, maybe I don't want to say scared, but 
maybe always thought in a way it's like, hey, we're we're maybe too small to compete with certain businesses of a certain size against a bigger company. But the reality is that's not the case. And and I almost think we do better in those larger organizations um, because we do have all the tools. We've just got a little bit more knowledge. We've got a little bit more, you know, service, a little bit more touch, more touch points on them. And so Andy's really kind of brought that to the forefront. He's kind of saying, hey, you know, instead of kind of running from that point and trying to trying to make yourself seem bigger, you know, I think you really need to focus on that and say we are, you know, a smaller organization. We're just more focused on our clients and we're going to stay that way. Uh, and so re- he's really helped us bring that into the brand. And I really think that's that's where our messaging is going. Uh, and it, it's been nice. It's been refreshing to kind of work that way with him. Is some of that stuff on the website now or is it's, it not it, yet kind of implemented? It, it's not. It's it's pretty close to being implemented. Uh, website's probably about one to two months out from refreshing that. Uh, we're we're gotcha. getting all our you know digital ads, campaigns, everything in order. But we've got a lot of we, we just finished our, our official new branding guide here about three, four weeks ago. And so we're excited to kind of see how the next steps play out. So name, logo, that stuff's not changing. It's not more changing. just messaging and some of how you go to market. Yeah, because I think that, you know, the, the name's a name. Uh, we do have some some really great ideas on how we want to play off of that in the future and and do some pay it forward programs and, and moving payroll forwards. Yeah. Um, but in reality, I think we haven't done a good enough job in the past. And what we're really working on now with Andy is, is telling our story and saying, hey, here's who we are. You know, here's us personally. And here's what we're going to bring to the table to help you as a business. Are you comfortable sharing any of that messaging yet? Or you want to wait uh, until you I, roll it out I more may, I may wait a little bit. But, uh, you know, I think that's, you know, I think small and nimble and efficient is really the, the game plan. Yeah. And then probably really... Um, getting a lot of our service team members and our frontline folks that really make the company great uh, out in the forefront of that and and having them really be the forefront of our branding and messaging. And so I'm excited to do some of that. What do you guys run into when you're, you know, you're out there and maybe finding a client that's working with one of the larger competitors? And I would assume that the reason that they change is probably tied strongly into some of this new messaging about, you know, same services, but a more personal sort of white glove type service. Is that, is that kind of what you run into when the, with the, you know, when the customer's frustrated with those larger competitors? Yeah, no, I I think that's absolutely it. I think, uh, you know, if you would have asked me maybe seven or eight years ago when I first got in this space and I thought, I I thought the key was having the prettiest technology offering and, and going into a business and doing a demo right away and saying, Hey, look how great this looks and look what we can do for you. And I think that's really evolved in my mind. Um, to saying, hey, at the end of the day, most companies like us have a good technology offering. It's whether or not we're able to come into your business, learn your business, and then mold that technology around your business rather than saying, hey, look at us, look at this offering. Um, and so I think that's that's really the the focal point for us. And, and what we do different from those companies is I think we dive in deeper to how the business operates. And then we say, hey, here's some suggestions or here's some thoughts for you. And then I always like to say, I think it's, I'm sure there's, there's great frontline people that work at, you know, those large organizations. I don't want to knock them at all. I think the key for us on the service side is, is our team members just have quicker access internally. And they've been with us, you know, for years. I think our least tenured person on the service side has been here four or five years and they've got, you know, 20 years of experience just layered behind them, you know, constantly. And so that experience and that knowledge, you just, you can't, you can't create that in a couple of years of training. And a lot of these bigger organizations are definitely, 
about, hey, let's let's move them up or move them out. You know, if they're great, we're going to promote them into a different area. So they're not they're not servicing those same clients on a consistent basis over years. Tell me how you guys like give me a little bit of a care, some characteristics of the organization itself. Like how many employees do you have? Like and then how do you guys how do you sell? Like do you have a like how many salespeople do you have? Like how do you go find clients basically? Yes, yeah, so we we've got 17. Two of those are are fairly new and before those two it was really it was really me uh out there as the only salesperson and all that business development was actually all referral based uh either from our clients some partners we have out there that have just uh, found our services to be trusted for their clients, CPA firms, banks that, that liked our offering. So they refer us in, but I recently in April, uh, hired officially, uh, first other business development, uh, since the, the company started, uh, she's, she's now doing really a marketing focus and helping a lot with our branding and messaging. And she's just been phenomenal. And then we just hired a, a true salesperson here, uh, two weeks ago, two weeks ago from today. Wow. So excited to get them ramped up and, and get them out. And their goal is really just to, to going to be exposure, you know, get that brand messaging out there so we can get a little bit of name recognition. I'm curious. And I know we did talk about this offline about just trying to define sort of what, what's the ideal customer. And I'm curious, like it's, it's been a few weeks back since we talked and what's that process been like? I mean, you've got, you know, you're working with, with Andy and his team on kind of refining the messaging. And you know, what's funny. I said this, couple of weeks ago to somebody when I was in college, I couldn't have really, it sounds silly to say now, but I wouldn't have really understood the difference between marketing and sales at that time. Now, you know, it's, it's extremely clear to me what the difference is. And so you're kind of working on the marketing, the messaging, which will drive materials and things that, that, you know, your sales team can take to market, but then the sales team has to know, you know, am I just going and knocking on every door? And yep. and again, I know you and I talked about this. It's the same thing in my in my space because theoretically everybody uses swag on some level. So do I just call on everybody? Um, talk about maybe the process you guys have gone through or you're going through to maybe try to be more refined with your approach there. Yeah, so definitely a, a big, big focal point of ours. I mean, I, I actually probably spent 40% of my week last week uh, doing that, that same exercise that we've been working through. Uh, and And I think about a month ago, yeah, you kind of mentioned that to me. And it's always been a hard thing for me to to say, hey, what's our perfect client look like? Because one, I think we fit in a lot of different areas. Um, but I think I, I just kind of started to say, hey, let's look at our client base and, and look at where we have segments of business in certain industries that have really piled up over the years. And we've retained them for many, many years. And there must be something we're doing there really well. And let's look into that. And so we've started finding that. We've started finding a lot of professional services. Um, a lot of, a lot of medical office space, uh, office based business. And then I think that's kind of the simplistic part of our business that we bring. And then I think that the secondary part where we found a lot of ideal clients is, you know, outside services, manufacturing, where it's a little bit tougher, HVAC, plumbing, electrician space, where we've really got a, a big client space built up in those sectors. And what I think it comes down to is those businesses are challenging in the way that they need to operate. And so the combination of the technology we can offer them and then the way our team can service them has really just been, you know, a, a great asset to, I think, a lot of those clients that we work with. 
What would an example of some of like how they're complicated? Is it because they have a lot of hourly workers? What are some of maybe the reasons that they're complicated to operate? Yeah, I think I think a lot of hourly workers and what we would call a lot of different business rules. Uh, so we're not just talking about, hey, maybe a company with multiple shifts and you have shift differentials. And if somebody rolls over 30 minutes in this shift, you know, maybe they've got a rate of pay and how can we automate that? But I think just business rules in general. Um, the other thing that that brings some complication, I think, to those, I would say, outside service spaces is they're working in a lot of different tax jurisdictions. Uh, they're doing a lot of commercial work, a lot of, you know, homework in different areas, and they need to be able to be in compliance. They need to be able to file taxes in a lot of different spaces. And we can really automate a lot of that through them, you know, tracking time through the system, tracking locations, tracking jobs and doing job costing. And a lot of the way that that flows through our software uh, just makes the process really easy. Takes a lot of the administrative burden off of those companies. Do you guys, the software that you guys use, is it off the shelf, so to speak? Is it something you guys have developed? Is it sort of a hybrid of both? Uh, it's, it's. I would say more off the shelf, um, maybe a little bit of a hybrid. So we license two different platforms. Um, so we're really doing all the front end configuration, all the support, you know, anything as far as a client interaction goes and, and kind of configuring that software around the client, that's 100% us. Um, what we're not doing, though, is really the back-end development. Actually of, writing the software. Actually yeah. writing the code, you know, and doing that. Yeah. And so, you know, we want to rely on a bigger organization for that. And so we feel like we've got two great partners in that space. Uh, we've also got a community of partners across the U.S. that we can kind of build off of and, and bounce ideas and, and learn from each other. So it gives us a, a good library of resources as well. We're in the same boat. I mean, my previous life, we had a software package that we had developed. It was cloud-based order management. Um, after starting this business, you know, I'm, a, you know, I had to. I felt like I had to make the decision: am I a technology company or am I a sales company? And I'm not a developer. Um, didn't know any developers, so it became pretty clear that unless I had a lot of money to go hire a development team, which is Know, easier to do today than it has been in the past, but extremely expensive. Then I needed to find what I felt like was the best, you know, software solution out there, and then add value through you know relationship and experience. Essentially, does every person, every client of yours, they get? Um, I assume some sort of dedicated person to that they can reach out to 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 sort of guide them along the way to use your services? They do. So yeah, we'll go through a pretty personal, you know, implementation discovery process with them. So we, we like to try to get, especially with the, you know, if the business is a little bit more complicated, that runway is going to be a little bit longer. You know, we want to get to know the business. We want to understand their business rules. We want to see how we need to adapt that technology to them. But then really, I would say in that post-implementation phase, we introduce everybody to a dedicated account analyst, direct phone number, direct email, and then that person's really backed up by their team in case they're out of the office, uh, get some time off here and there. And so, you know, their team kind of gets to know the account a little bit too, uh, but they do have a dedicated person that works with them. And it, it's Got it. it's kind of funny. I mean, I think that's, you know, there's a the business side of that, but we recently had somebody get married here and I think, you know, she had, you know, five or six clients at her wedding. I think that's a little unusual, uh, but that is some so. of the relationships they build with, with clients they're working with on a daily basis. Um, so I'm curious, like what, a, how challenging is it for you? This is something not necessarily, I don't necessarily think it's tied to branding, but I think on some level it is, especially for businesses like ours, where you deliver value through the relationship and the experiences. How 
challenging has is it for you guys to onboard people? I mean, are you typically bringing people in that have a background in your space? Um, or are you bringing people in from completely different industries that sort of have to be kind of, you know, trained and, and taught from the ground up? Yeah, so I think we, we've kind of went the uh, both. We've brought people on both. I think, again, when I first started in here in this industry, there was a notion that we had to bring somebody on with knowledge in the space in order to make them a good service representative. And I think what we found out was that's not really the case. I think we're looking for somebody that kind of shares our same values, um, that's going to build and have an empathy for their clients and it's going to want to want to work to make the, the client that they're working with successful. And we can teach them the space. We've got just an abundance of knowledge here. I've got some really great people that, like I said, have been in the industry for 20 plus years. And they're great at sharing that information and sharing that training that they've developed over time. So we've really went the route of saying, hey, let's find the best people we can that, that share the same mentality and same values. And, and we'll teach them our industry. We can teach them that space. It may take us a little bit longer, but we think they're going to provide a better you know, end product at the end of the day. Do, do they enter in like a kind of like a, almost like a junior support role and just learn for a period of time? They do. Yeah. Um, so, so I wouldn't say we have an exact time frame on that. You know, we like to, we like to get them in. We kind of know what those estimates look like and when we think we're going to kind of release them to the wild, so to say. Um, but they are, they're, they're going to shadow, they're going to learn from somebody that's in their role, you know, specifically. And then we'll kind of start slowly walking them up to that process. Um, start doing some back-end work and, and learning the back-ends of the software and the inner workings of the company and our processes, and then have them take on, you know, a couple clients, a few clients and, and have them, you know, we want to make them comfortable too. I think that's the big thing. We don't want to release anybody out there that's going to get uncomfortable and feel like we're pushing them too fast. Uh, again, I think that's, that's just a key to our branding in itself is that, you know, we're, we're going to be there for our team our clients as well. So we want to treat our team the same way. Yeah, I think, you know, and that's, I think in some respects, like it could feel odd to ask a lot of the questions about how you onboard people. If, you know, if people are listening, it could be like, what does this have to do with branding? But I think in a business like mine, a business like Eric's, when so much of your brand, yeah, there's a logo, there's a name, there's messaging, there's sort of like the analog, I guess, part of the brand. But the brand itself really is you. It's your team. And the experience that they provide, the relationships that they build is such a huge part of the brand that it, it really is the brand. So then you kind of get this thing of where it's like the things that people see and hear are intended to be reflective of, you know, we say a lot, the personality of our company. So it should be reflective of who we are. And the hope always is that then once people experience us, that they don't, that they feel like what they heard and saw match matches you know, the experience that they have. Yeah, no, I think you're hundred percent right. I mean, I'd say each day that goes by when we're working through branding, to me, it becomes less and less about that name and that logo and, and what colors we're using on the, you know, hexagon chart and all that fun stuff. It's, it's hundred percent about the people. Um, and that's, you know, we can always do better. You know, we know that we want to, we want to continue to do better here internally and what we do with our team and, and the resources we give them and how we get them comfortable and, and what we're providing them as an organization. Um, but we want to treat our team just like we want our team treating our clients. And if we're not doing that, then that's going to quickly show, you know, to our, to our end users and it's going to quickly, you know, turn bad. 
Well, so along those lines, knowing that I, I do want to touch on some of the things that we did for you. You had a team meeting that was, you know, kind of a part of you casting, uh, you know, a bit of a vision, I think, or a plan or a, a view of the next several years. Um, and you guys did a bunch of really cool things that we had. We were fortunate enough to have the opportunity to help with. I'm curious just about, you know, how does the things that we do fit in? And I know you gave me some information, which I appreciate. There's going to be a case study on the things that, that Eric and did for his team for their meeting that you guys can find on our website. But talk about that, just the role that branded clothing promotional items play as you build your brand internally and, uh, and you know, how, and how effective that was uh, for you and your team. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it, it definitely plays a role in, in what we're doing. And, um, you know, I think, I think partly it's about, uh, giving, giving the team, you know, some things that they're going to enjoy and, and partly about making them proud to represent the company too. And we want them to have, be part of a company that they're proud to represent. And so, you know, you all were able to help us. That was our five-year anniversary. We had everybody in town. We, we do it annually anyway, but that just happened to fall in the five year. And it's a little bit of a, a next phase of, of growth and, and moving forward in our business. So we wanted to celebrate that with the team and, and get some extra items for them. And, um, we, we felt great about, you know, what you all did, but also we're really happy with the choices, uh, that we made. And I think that's where you all really helped us not just, I'd say get swag, um, but, but target some items that we knew, you know, our team members kind of wanted here and would put into use and, you know, would, would you, you know, would provide them something they could use daily and represent the brand as well. Yeah. I think people want, I mean, even you and I, we always want to, I think, feel like we're part of something bigger than ourselves. We want, you know, I, I've referenced this book a lot, but Simon Sinek's book, Start With Why, he talks about, you know, people do business with people of like mind. They like um, to represent things that say something about them, you know? So it's, you know, for us, it's like, look, at the end of the day, we provide logo clothing and items and, you know, but to me, you know, that's, that's the part that we have control over, which is we can help people. We can get to know the company. We can understand the culture. We can try to help them pick, you know, we say curation over catalogs, but I think, you know, it's like the other part is if people have built a brand or are building a brand that people are, um, proud to represent, then to me, that's, that's when everything sort of converges and that's ultimate victory. You know, if, if a person on your team or on mine, is wearing the things that we've given to them because it's it, it makes sense for our brand, it's quality, and they're wearing it out at times beyond when they have to wear it, you know, whether it's a trade show or it's required uniform to work or whatever the situation might be. That's ultimate that's ultimately winning because they're going out and they're proud of saying, hey, I'm a part of this organization. And at the end of the day, I think on some level, they do it only, it, it's, it says something about them that they want other people to know. And that's that's when you're really winning. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, th I think that, I, you know, I think you all really helped us too. I mean, I think, you know, being able to talk to you and, and figure out what we wanted helped us get, I would say, more quality items. And I, and I think that's pretty key too, because we wanted to get items that people would, would like, want to wear, want to use. Uh, and I think that can get lost when you're out there just trying to get, you know, some swag or going online and maybe ordering that. Um, you're, you're not really sure, you know, if you're getting a quality item or what that is or if other people would have had similar, similar experiences. So I think you helped us with that. But I also think as a, the remote workforce is going to just continue to grow, obviously, given the nature of business these days. Uh, I do think those branded items, you know, a cup sitting on the desk, a hat that they're wearing or a shirt, 
does make them feel a little bit more part of that that company when they're at their home office versus you know the office office. Um, those funny things you say I don't that. Think about as much, but uh, I definitely think it plays a role. No, it's it is funny you say that because Brett on our team who he used to live here, he now lives in Greenville, South Carolina. We run the business or we self implement on uh, using EOS, and so we have our L ten meeting on Fridays, and we just had it, uh, you know, Friday, and he was mentioning that he sees a lot of the things that we have here and he's like, he feels like he's left out sometimes. Like even though he and I are extremely close, it's just like, we're not as deliberate about pushing things out um, to the field. And so I think you've nailed it there. It's like, as a matter of fact, in, in some respects, I feel like the branded clothing, the promotional materials that you can send people become almost more important for the remote team because it's the only tangible things that they have to feel like they're part of this team of the, you know, and, um, and, and I'm admitting that we haven't, you know, I only have, I have two people who are remote. We haven't done as, we haven't been as deliberate with that as we should have. No. And, and like I said, we, we haven't been perfect by any means. We, we definitely need to get better at a lot of those things. And, um, you know, we're looking at, you know, how do we do that? But how, how do we also, as we move forward and we want to do some of these, uh, branding service, community-based nonprofit items that we want to put into play here. And how can we bring those remote folks into the, into the fold as well? And I think that really, that really encompasses, you know, a lot of what we're trying to do is a branding and internal branding and, and how that shows up in the community. And so we're thinking through ways to do that. And I think that's going to, that's going to make those folks that are, you know, out there in remote feel part of, feel part of the organization a little bit deeper as well. Yeah, no, it's, um, this is good. And I think, you know, in, in, in trying to, you know, I know our conversation has meandered quite a, you know, a good bit, but I think to try to pull it together for people in, it's like the brand for, you know, pay forwards is this idea of like, it's driven by, and I think this might be the lesson for other companies listening is just understanding who you are as a company. I mean, we say a lot that our high level objective is to, co- to communicate the personality of our company. So d- discovering what the personality of the company is, and then having that inform what you're doing from a branding standpoint, you know, obviously there's, there's the logo, the aesthetics, and then the messaging, but to make sure that those things are connected. And that's what I hear what you guys are doing um, as you're taking a fresh look at how do we want to go to market in a very crowded space. Most, the reality is most people that are in spaces that are very crowded spaces and there's just a lot of competition. There's very few companies out there that don't have much competition. And so the key is we have to be able to go out and say, something that we feel like is reflective of our personality. And then if someone gives us an opportunity as a result, we have to make sure that the proof is in the pudding, that when they actually experience us, um, that they don't, that, that they feel like all that stuff subconsciously or, or even consciously that they consumed that we said to them through our branding is they're like, yeah, it's really hundred percent accurate. No. And I think that's the story for us. And that's why it's like, you know, I've got all these ideas in my head and they're finally starting as I'm, I'm starting to get some, some help on the marketing inside. Uh, I'm really excited for like the next couple of years for us, because as we talk about how we want to service clients and how we want to kind of understand their business and get to know their business. Well, we want to take that a little bit further and start as we start networking more in the, the community and the local spaces and, and understanding the business economy out there and giving back to that in different ways. And then that's going to kind of get our brand across on the front end much more than it is. So I'm really excited you know, how that's all going to come together and how that's also going to, I think that's going to help our internal team feel like they're part of something, you know, even, even bigger than what we're doing right now. Yeah, no, it's, that's excellent. I, 
I think as we wind down here, what I wanted to do was just maybe um, if you could just talk for, for anyone listening to this, maybe give give them an idea of like, hey, if you know, if you're struggling with, you know, X, Y or Z, uh, reach out to us and then also just reiterate where people could connect with you and in uh, the company. Yeah, no, I'd say the biggest thing, I mean, you know, if, if you're struggling with, you know, if a business is struggling doing, you know, things like internal payroll, or they're looking for some HR automation, or they're even looking on, you know, for some hands-on HR outsourcing compliance, we've got some really great partners uh, here in remote that we work with. Um, but our big thing is, I'd say if, if you're having compliance issues on the payroll side, if you're having compliance issues on the HR side, if you're looking for better tools and service, you know, let us know. My big pitch is that I'm not going to come in and um, push a demo right away or kind of shove our products down your your throat. You know, I'll actually kind of try to back up and slow that process. And step one for me is I just want to get to know the business and see where some of those challenges are. And then I can start to think through, hey, how can we help? And now let's, let's show you how we can help. Um, I can't show you how I can help you if I don't know what the issues are and I don't learn about how your business operates. So, you know, if, if you're interested, again, it's just a a conversation you can you can check our website as Landon said you know pay forwards pay fwds.com uh, you can find us on LinkedIn we're doing a much better job on LinkedIn here the last couple of months of of sharing some of the things we're doing out there um, in the business community networking and and some of our product options as well but yeah we'd love to have a chat with you uh, even if it's something you're thinking about three months six months a year down the road well, and it sounds like there's going to be some new branding stuff coming out here in the near future too, as well as a new website in the next few months. So there's some, there's some cool stuff coming uh, pretty soon for you guys. Yeah, absolutely. No, we're we're excited to get a lot of that out there. I think I think our our name recognition and branding is going to be uh, much more in the forefront. You know, here over the coming year, we can't wait to get a lot of that information out. Well, I can't thank you enough for doing this. I'm looking forward to obviously I'm looking forward to seeing it. I'm looking forward to continuing to kind of interact with you as you guys refine your processes because I think that uh, there's a lot that I'm going to be able to learn from you guys too. So it's been fun and uh, I look forward to continuing to be a resource as you guys continue to build. No, we've, we've got some great ideas on how we want to work with, uh, you know, goods and at a, a deeper level too. So I can't wait to get some of that started. We appreciate all the, all the help you've given us, Landon. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, no problem, man. And I'll look forward to talking to you soon. Sounds good. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Brand Herald podcast. For more information, please visit thebrandherald.com. Also, please subscribe to our show and follow us on social media to stay up to date on all things branding. Thanks again for listening.